Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Uh, you might wonder, why on earth do we have a table in the middle of church? Well, today we're going to take communion together. And uh, I love communion because communion is more than a religious tick the box. Communion is an invitation. It's an invitation from Jesus to partake, to participate in the result of what He bought by going to the cross. And my prayer is that today we would, every one of us, have a moment where we are reminded afresh of the potency of what the cross represents. Because the cross is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's as relevant today in the 21st century. With all the changes in society, changes in culture, it's as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. And whatever it is that you're facing, the cross can make a difference in your today. So we're going to take communion together at the end of this message, and we're going to believe God, not just to tick a box, but to respond to an invitation from Jesus to step into something fresh. Amen. Can we give Jesus one huge, huge hand clap? He is awesome. So good. Hey, uh, have, you ever, have you ever heard a story and then thought, man, that'd be cool to experience, and then later on you experience it yourself? You know, there's a big difference between experiencing something secondhand and experiencing something yourself. One of the things uh, that we did over the summer is Amanda and I took Uh, And the kids took a a big road trip. And one of the places we stopped was at Mount Cook in the South Island. And I'd heard so many people talk about uh, this, the Hooker Valley Walk. The Hooker Valley Walk at Mount Cook basically starts in the village of Mount Cook. And it's a five kilometer out, five kilometer back, 10K round trip uh, walk out to this glacier at the bottom of Mount Cook. You end up at this glacier that's Uh, It was 27 degrees, and you'd literally just kneel down and pick up huge, big chunks of ice that had fallen down from Mount Cook. And we spent 20 minutes in 20 degrees sitting on the side of this glacier river, chipping away at ice and hanging out there. We'd heard so much about it. We'd heard so much about it's amazing. There's three suspension bridges on the way out. You've got the Blue Lakes uh, that are part of Tekapo. You can see the Blue Lakes. You can see the mountains. You can, and hearing people talk about them, I mean, I want to have experienced that myself. And in fact, I've got some friends of mine whose parents did the Hooker Valley Walk and they went about 4.8 kilometers out. They're about 200 meters from the glacier. And then they asked someone coming back how much further. And that someone told this parents of these friends of mine, no, there's nothing else to see. So they turned around and went back. They were 200 meters from the glacier. And the last bit is up a little hill and round a corner. And you see the glacier. They were, there's a whole message in that. I'm going to use that one day. There's a whole message in that. Don't listen to Caleb Pearson when he tells you you're already done. They did 9.8 kilometers and missed the best part. Um, but so we walk up there, we see it all. I think I've got a picture of me and the family at the Franz Joseph Glacier. That's us there. Uh, the glacier, all the, all the ice in the back. It was absolutely stunning. But I've got to tell you, experiencing it myself was so much better than just hearing about it. After we were here, a couple of weeks later, we were in uh, Taupo. And 23 years ago, Amanda and I were holidaying with her family because it was before we were married. If you are holidaying with your spouse, uh, if you're holidaying with your girlfriend or 
fiance, then God bless you, you got a lot more self-control than I did. So that's why I took her parents along, because that's great accountability. So we were in Taupo, and Amanda and uh, Amanda's younger brother and I did a bungee jump in Taupo, 47-meter bungee jump in Taupo. And uh, I've been telling my kids about it for years. It was, it's my story, fame story. Uh, I did a bungee jump, so I told them about it. So while we're in Taupo, Judah and I snuck off one day, and I showed him where the bungee jump was. And it's still there, the AJ Hackett bungee jump. We rock up, and Judah goes, Dad, I want to do it. I'm like, oh, but I think you're too young, or you're too light, or you're too something. So let's just go in and have a talk to them. You have to be 10 years old and 35 kilos. Judah is 10 years old and 37.5 kilos. So tick those two boxes. I'm like, okay, well, let's just go and talk to your mom, thinking his mom's never going to say yes, ever. Like, never going to. She's like, yeah, if you want to do it, go for it. So that afternoon, we drive down. The next picture, this is Judah um, at the top of the, so that, that little bridge up there, my 10-year-old son's standing on that little bridge up there. Next picture, this is my 10-year-old son halfway down. This, that circle is his body falling 47 meters from the top. We, he comes back up. There's like a little pathway. He comes back. I'm like, Bud, how you doing? He, you didn't scream. He goes, Dad, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't breathe. My heart was thumping. I put my hand on his chest, and you could physically feel his heart. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. I've got to tell you, for the rest of the thing, he's wearing the T-shirt proud. He's got the AJ Hackett 47-meter T-shirt thing. We'd rock up to a restaurant, and he'd be like, <laughs> show everyone that he's. Because he switched from hearing about a bungee jump to actually doing a bungee jump. How many of us in church, we talk about someone else's encounter with Christ. We talk about someone else's revelation of Christ. You know, my prayer is that today during communion, every one of us don't walk out with a story of someone else's encounter, but we know that we've encountered heaven and it's changed my today, that my relationship with Jesus makes a difference in my life because here's what communion's about, a personal exchange and a divine encounter. My prayer is that every one of us would have a personal exchange today. Because communion isn't a religious tick tick the box. Communion is an invitation to participate in what the cross buys for you and I. Do you know that in front of you, not, not the person next to you, not the person who's actually committed to reading their Bible in a year and have got to the end of January and they're still on track and you're four days behind, not that person, But for you, the invitation is in front of you. Would you experience what Jesus bought for you on the cross? And my prayer today is that we would experience it. And maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time with Pastor James and you've just started your relationship with Christ. I can't think of a better way than with communion to remember what Jesus did. But there's been some of us, we've been in church for a while. And one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to create distance between us and God. For us to compartmentalize our Christianity to a Sunday morning and then go out and live our life the rest of the week thinking, oh, if I can just go to, Ellie Bray, how are you? I just saw you. Are you doing good? Awesome. Sorry, just connecting old friends. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, one of the enemy's greatest tactics. (laughs) You are distraction. One of the enemy's greatest, one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to create distance between us and God. That we go and do our church thing and then we get on with the rest of our week, whereas God isn't like that. In fact, before Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who will take you by the hand and lead you into everything the Father has for you. Do you know what a relationship with God is? A take by the hand. 
that we don't leave God in here on Monday, but when we go to work and we face stuff, He's right there. When we go home and the kids are misbehaving in your house, not my house, that He's right there. When there's challenges in our marriage, He's right there. When finances pose a problem, He's right there. When my internal world gets a little bit out of order, He's right there. That there isn't this distance that creeps in, but there is a proximity, a closeness, a personal exchange with a God who wants relationship with you. Have you ever talked to a new Christian? Mate, those people, I want to be a new Christian the rest of my life. Because every time you talk to them, they've got story after story of what God has done with them this week. You talk to Stuart and Tash Ellis who, who love discipling new Christians, you talk to them, they've always got a story about a new Christian. Who's, man, I met one just in between services. How's your week been? Bright-eyed, bushy. Man, it's been phenomenal. Like, I woke up on Monday, and I felt the presence of God in my bedroom, and then I drove to church, and then on my way to church, there was worship in my car, and it's like the whole life worship was with me the whole time, and then I listened to a podcast on Wednesday, better than your message, but don't worry about that, and I, God spoke to me, and then this miracle happened. Do you have problems? Yeah, I've got problems, but God is in the mix, and then you go, some crusty old Christian, how are you? It's tough. How long have you been saved for? Oh, a decade. Go and hang out with that person because the same God that's moving in their life wants to move in your life. Don't disconnect yourself. Live with this commitment of a personal encounter with Jesus all week long. You know that communion is an invitation to connect with Him. When Jesus gave us communion, He gave it to us at the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper. You know, in Jewish culture, once a year, they would celebrate the Last Supper where they would remember what Jesus, what God had done previously, bringing them out of slavery. Do you know that you didn't just go into the streets and invite anyone to have the Last Supper with you? You had it with your closest inner circle of relationship. Like the people who you were doing life with. So Jesus says to the people who he's doing life with, let's have the Last Supper together because he wants to have a personal exchange not some religious moment but a personal exchange Matthew 26 26 it says this and while they were eating Jesus took the bread he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to the the disciples and said take eat this is my body he took the cup and he gave thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you Not just the crowd, but every one of you. I want to have an exchange moment with you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Do you know the basis in which we encounter Jesus is not through religion, but through a personal exchange and a divine revelation. And my prayer is that every one of us this morning would have a personal exchange moment. We're on Encounter Sunday. We don't just come and do church, but we literally encounter the God who we celebrate and the God who we give our lives to, that we have this moment. And Jesus, I believe, is giving us an invitation. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, it says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
Do you know there's some people in church this morning and you're trying to find rest for your souls, but you're looking in all the wrong places. The place you need to look is with Jesus who wants to bring rest. It's not in the answer to a bank account growing. It's not into a child turning a corner. It's not into an opportunity at work. It's in who the person of Jesus is. Now believe for all those things and hold on to all those things, but your soul is not held captive to those things happening. Jesus can bring rest on the journey to you receiving your miracle. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The degree of my dependence determines the level of weight that I carry. How many know that life's got stuff? Just me? Come on, how many know life's got stuff? There is stuff. There's just the stuff of life that happens. And there is a weight that comes with life. And the question is, are you leaving it up to yourself to carry the entire weight? Or are you accepting the invitation of Jesus of, I want to bring rest to who you are and carry it with you? I had a friend of mine who was going through a really challenging season and we used to meet up regularly and we'd pray together and this went on for probably two or three years and then he saw an answer and and God did something great and kind of brought it all back together and that was about 18 months ago and I had coffee with him late last year and we're sitting down talking and he says to me, you know what, I, I don't know if God actually did that. I think it was just the process of time and it kind of healed. And I'm like, hey, bud, that's some dangerous ground because if you take God out of the equation and you're now sitting in a place of this restored life, then if you take God out of the equation, then it's actually on you to keep that restored life to keep going on because God's the one that breathed into it. Don't take a weight that God wants to take for you. Allow him to carry the weight. You know, 10 years ago, no, 15 years ago, 17, I don't know, a lot of years ago, Amanda and I moved from America to New Zealand and we turn up at Auckland Airport with myself, my two-year-old, my four-year-old, Amanda, and 10 bags because we're moving country. Not 10, I'm going to Fiji bags where it's just like a pair of board shorts and a tank top and some jandals. 10, we're moving country bags, like big, big bags. We turn up to the Auckland Airport. We're at the, the, um, the luggage claim and Amanda's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, so her hands are full. So my responsibility is the bags. I start pulling the bags off the conveyor belt. I stack the bags up on the, the luggage cart and realize I've got six bags on the luggage cart that's barely holding on there and four still to go. You ever seen someone walk through an airport that got too many bags? Like teetering precariously on the top, kind of falling around the side and falling off in front and tripping everyone up. And this stranger comes up to me and says, can I help you? with your luggage. The prideful male side of me wanted to go, no, I got this. The reality is everyone saw I didn't got this. So I said, yeah, you can help me. And we walked out together. So many people in life are carrying stuff, teetering. And the Holy Spirit is saying, can I help you? Don't say, I got this. Say, yeah, Jesus, here it is. Would you help me? journey through life because the degree to which I depend on him will determine the weight that I have to carry myself here's three invitations that Jesus has before us this morning number one come to me come to me all you who labor and who are heavy heavy laden and I will give you rest you ever notice that over time drift happens that over time distance happens 
And I wonder how many of us have been walking with Jesus for a little while and we used to have a proximity. We used to wake up knowing every day of the week that we were in proximity, not relationship. I'm not saying that your relationship's in question, just your proximity is in question. And how close are we doing life with Jesus on a day-to-day basis? Because the creator of heaven and earth has an invitation between you and I, come to me. And the reality is we need to respond to that invitation and take steps towards the God who loves us and the God who cares for us to create a proximity and have a moment where we realize we're doing life close to the one who created us. Don't live disconnected from the source. We, uh, Amanda and I stayed at a Airbnb in uh, the South Island, in Golden Bay actually, in Tata Beach over the holidays and we walk into this Airbnb, and like most Airbnbs, you have to kind of turn the power on and turn the water on and turn the this on and turn the that on. And we walk in. So we turn everything on, and then we go out to a little adventure and do something. We come back, and there's still no hot water. I'm like, I turned the switch on. But being the typical male, I would kind of skim read the instructions and missed the primary instruction that says turn the mains on outside and then the hot water on inside. And I just turned the hot water on inside and hadn't turned the mains on outside. So therefore, there was no connection to the power source outside. So many Christians are doing life without being connected to the source. But we need to intentionally plug in and connect with the God who wants to journey life with us. Come to me. When was the last time, friend, you responded to the invitation of your Savior, come to me? If Jesus stopped talking, how long would it take for you to realize? Because I've got to tell you, my 10-year-old son, good Lord, he can talk. Like constantly. And if you're a parent, you'll realize this. If it goes quiet, you better check what's going on. Because there's something going on that's taking his attention. I want to be the type of Christian that when God stops talking, I realize because I'm so attuned, so close, so used to hearing his voice that it doesn't take me months to realize because his invitation is come to me. Secondly, take my yoke. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know that we don't use the word yoke very often in the 21st century. Well, let me read you what John Mark Comer says about the yoke. It says, and like every rabbi of his day, Jesus had two things. First, he had a yoke, not a literal yoke. He was a teacher, not a farmer. A yoke was a common idiom in the first century for a rabbi's way of teaching the scriptures. But it was more. It was his set of teachings on how to be human. His way on how to shoulder the at times crippling weight of life, marriage, divorce, prayer, money, sex, conflict resolution and government, all of it. It's an odd image for those of us who don't live in a farming society, but imagine two oxen yoked together pulling a cart to plow a field. A yoke is how you shoulder the load. Do you know that Jesus wants to give you his yoke so that you approach life the way he would approach life? God, I want your set of teachings. When I go to work on Monday, what's your yoke? How do I get through this? When I go home and deal with my neighborhood, how do I get through this? How do I walk through this? Uh, What Jesus made... What Jesus made unique wasn't that he had a yoke. All rabbis had a yoke, but it was how easy his yoke was. Secondly, Jesus had apprentices. The Hebrew word is telemidium. 
it's usually translated as disciples, but, and that's fine. But uh, what a better word to capture the idea behind telemedium is apprentices. To be Jesus' apprentice and to apprentice under him is to basically learn three things. How to be with Jesus, how to become like Jesus, and how to do what Jesus would do if he were you. Friend, Jesus lived in an area where he was a carpenter, but he's got answers for your accountancy business. He's got answers for your education. He's got answers for your school. He's got answers for your home life. It's take my yoke, connect your life to me, and we will plow the field of life together because I've got answers for whatever it is that you're facing. You know what communion represents? It represents an invitation to be yoked with the creator of heaven and earth so he can show you how to do life and what you're in whatever area your life looks like. Number one, come to me. Number two, take my yoke. And number three, learn from me. Learn from me. You know, I've committed that 2021 for Amanda and I will be a year of increasing dependence. It's actually not about the stuff. And I know that in this market, I spoke to four young couples this morning believing to buy a house. I'm believing with you, but it's not actually about the house. Spoke to another young guy who's believing to start a business. I'm believing with you that a business would flourish, but it's actually not about the business. Ultimately, it's about connecting with the one who's got a plan and a purpose. Now, all that other stuff, I'm believing with you. I'm believing for your business to flourish. I'm believing for you to buy a house, buy an investment property to, like we talk about here at God, Money and Me, setting up for the generations. I'm believing with, but it's not about all the stuff. It's about come to me. Take my yoke and learn from me. It's a personal exchange and a divine encounter. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, because He cares for you. You know that word care literally is anxiety, whatever causes an angst on the inside. I watched Pastor James and Debs late last year. We came to them and said, Hey, what do you think about Become the campus pastors of Life North, the best campus we have here at Life. You've got to marry the best with the best, right? So that's what we do. And I watched them wrestle with what that meant. Because, yeah, that's cool, but I've got to find a house. James was a teacher, and for 12 years, his job gave him a house. Never had to rent a house, never had to, like, the job gave him a house. I've got to find a house. I've got two young kids who are locked into Central, got their friends down there, connected with leaders down there. All they've known is down there. We're going to rip them out and plant them in, yes, it's the same church, but it's certainly a different family. How's that going to go? And there was angst. And every time I talk to them, I'm like, how are you guys doing with journeying through that? And they would go, yeah, it's, it's still there, but we know God's got it. Because every day they chose to put on His yoke. I've got to work that. No, I don't. I've got to stay close to Jesus. I've got to make this happen. No, I don't. I've got to stay close to who he is. I've got to find a way. Well, yes, but no, I've got to discover a way that Jesus is showing me so it can walk into, and, and they're living in a great house four minutes from the beach. I watched this morning as Pastor Debs led the prayer meeting and their kids were up the back 
were dancing around up the back. They, they have got into the church rat mode like as easy. Church rats are staff kids. They come in here at 8 o'clock and they're like rats everywhere. They just go through the entire building. The, the, the Hannah kids have locked into the North Rat Pack real easy. They're here. They, own, they love it. They're connected upstairs. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Not, not complicated. There is certainly hard times and there's tough stuff. But how many times do we take the hard stuff and we say, God, I give my cares to you because you care for me. Learn from me. Do you know, over summer, I felt like God asked me to have three specific conversations with my kids. I've got a 19-year-old, about to be 20 next month. You're 20 next month, wherever you are. Good Lord. Amanda doesn't look old enough to have a 20-year-old. I could have a 40-year-old, but she doesn't look old enough to have a 20-year-old. I've got a 19-year-old, I've got a 17-year-old, and I've got a 10-year-old. I felt like God said, I want you to have a specific conversation about a specific topic with each, three, with each one of them. So I went into this holiday period with God. I, I'm drawing close to you. Now, I don't get this right all the time. I'm giving you an example of one that I did get right. I can give you 47 examples of I didn't get right. I'm drawing close to you. Because if I make this happen, it's not going to go well. Like I'm a scheduled guy. Let's have this conversation at 2 p.m. on Thursday, okay, 19-year-old? Doesn't work. Because she's not ready for it. So I, I just need this moment take my yoke. One of the conversations I wanted to have with them could have gone any way, but I needed to have the conversation. So God helped me to have the right conversation at the right time with the God outcome. And then learn from me. I'm in the past of being a guy, ready, talk, think about it. You ever had that one? Like we need to have this conversation, let's have the conversation, then I'll think about what I should have said after I've had the conversation. Anyone, don't nudge your spouse because it's awkward, but. So I'm like, God, help me to have. And I've got to tell you, each one of those conversations felt like they had the presence of God on them. And I'm praying that they bear kingdom fruit for years to come. Do you know that Christianity is not aloof? It's not some I go and do that thing on a Sunday and then go and live my normal life Monday through Saturday. He wants you to draw close, take his yoke and learn from him in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.